U.S. American Christians have largely accepted the idea that to be political is to talk about politicians, to discuss existing or potential policy and law, and to show up every two and four years at the polls to cast your vote. Even more, to vote is to bravely and courageously participate in the making of history, to act upon your God-given Patriot One political liberty by voicing what government officials you think will speak best for you and will do your bidding. But for Marxists, this is not just a shallow understanding of politics. It's a dangerous one. This kind of popular thinking reproduces the violence of capitalism, the brutality of anti-blackness and white supremacy, patriarchies, gender divisions of labor, and all the unnecessary suffering and agony that comes with the way in which this world is particularly organized. I'm not going to dive into a Marxist-Leninist theory of the state, because I really do want to keep this short, which is kind of the main point I want to make about voting. It doesn't deserve the attention, let alone the primacy, liberalism has given it. And by giving it more than the attention it deserves, our energy is pulled away from the much more important beyond part of this episode. The struggles and behaviors and efforts that we should be giving primacy to as political, social, and economic agents. But before we talk about acting upon our agency and deliberately participating in the making of history beyond the voting booth, I have three short points I thought we might consider when it comes to voting. Number one, voting is overvalued. It's overemphasized. It's placed upon this pedestal in such a way that apparently there is nothing else we, the masses of people, could be doing to better our lives, to shape our communities, to change our world. And so voting in electoral politics needs to be decentered in our understanding of why the world is the way it is and how it can be transformed. To be clear, in my opinion, we don't just throw it away. Rather, we make it number 20 on a list of political actions to be thinking about engaging in as people with agency and power. But for Christians in particular, if we have any interest in struggling for a more integral liberation and emancipation of humanity in the planet, then we have to decenter voting and make it one thing on a much bigger list of things to be doing. Number two, voting is over-moralized. Decentering voting would then mean that we no longer vomit upon it the moral weight of the universe. For some people, voting is like a sacrament. It's what you do when you're in communion with God. For others, electoral politics might even be how God moves and acts in the world, right? Through voters. And not to vote, of course, is like handing the world over to the devil. <laughs> it's almost discussed as a betrayal of all that is good in the world. And among liberals and Democrats, it almost always becomes a disciplinary weapon used to beat and to shame poor people and black people who don't get out the vote for the Democratic Party, thus insinuating that their suffering is reasonable and self-imposed. And while I want to say more there, the point is that voting needs to be demoralized in our political discourse. Let's remove the moral weight that liberalism and capitalism have placed upon it. Because keeping it on such a high pedestal, I believe, actually ends up reproducing the systems of death and exploitation and misery that some of us genuinely want to destroy. And number three, 
It's easy. The Biden-Harris ticket is a murderous and brutal rule offered to us by the more liberal side of the ruling class coin that uses inclusion and diversity as colonizing discourses not for the purposes of revolution and liberation, but for the purposes of reproducing the structures of anti-blackness, capitalism, and heteronormativity, and the material experiences that result from those systems. It's insulting to have the Biden-Harris ticket advertised to us as some radical alternative to the Trump-Pence regime. But I also am not going to say that our battles against Biden and Harris would be exactly the same uh, as they would be against Trump and Pence again. And so as a relatively easy thing to do, I know voter suppression makes it harder for some folks than others, but I'm going to vote if I can. Again, not making it a big deal, but it doesn't take much effort, so I'm going to cast my vote. All right, so... Voting is overvalued, it's overmoralized, and it's also easy. Vote, don't vote. Personally, I really don't care because I think there's so much more we should be giving our time and energy to if we actually hope to transform our lives and our communities. So let's talk about being political agents and agents of power beyond voting. We are political beyond the polls. The importance of struggling at our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, and in our communities cannot be emphasized enough. Our political agency cannot be distinguished from our economic and social agency. They are inseparable, if not three dynamics of a greater whole. This is why things like class, race, gender, sexuality, ability, these things are not mutually exclusive. We have to think them at the same time. To speak of one is to imply all of the others. You don't struggle for socialism without struggling against anti-blackness and white supremacy. Nor do black and indigenous people and persons of color realize the freedom which they have long been fighting for without overthrowing capitalism as a global political economy. Okay, so we have to think these things simultaneously because the political, the economic, and the social cannot be peeled apart. Which means... What happens to you at work, in your home, in your neighborhood, at school, in your church, all of these are sites for political struggle, whether we are aware of it or not. So instead of just voting every two and four years or hoping the governor or city council or local prosecutors or the Supreme Court, which you don't even vote on, are going to do shit for you, you have to change your schedule, change your life and actually start organizing. Don't wait another four years to vote on some moderate president who might throw us a bone called healthcare. We have to organize against our bosses, our landlords, our banks, lenders, and creditors, the police, the prison system, the U.S. military, the board of directors of our schools and their major donors, insurance companies and pharmaceutical giants, the state itself. These are all groups of people on the wrong end of contradictions, and if they are to be confronted and struggled against, it will have to be done by us, our neighbors, and our co-workers. The God of Jesus isn't moving in and through brave, brave voters. God is with those who are joining in solidarity on the ground and taking the fight into their own collective hands, you can't expect representatives of the law to do your bidding when the law is owned. It's possessed by our exploiters and oppressors. 
why the hell would we then expect the law to do something other than what they want it to do? And so organizing, instead of merely showing up to cast your vote every couple of years, can do a few things for us that voting under these conditions simply will never do. All right, uh, I got four things here. Number one, through organizing, we can struggle to actually better our lives and the lives of our neighbors. We can powerfully better our living conditions ourselves. What is it? Do you think you should spend less time at work and more time living life with loved ones and friends? Do you think you, should, you shouldn't have to worry about bills? Do you think all people should have life-affirming housing or that every human being should be able to access the same excellent level of health care? Then you organize against your boss. You organize against local developers and landlords. You organize against your local police department. You have to get your neighbors and the community and your coworkers and the students and the patients or whomever together and build to the point where you can strike the hell out of your enemies. Quit groveling to city council and the Democratic Party, expecting them to do shit for us. Quit tweeting about pastors and how they don't do shit. These people will talk and talk and talk, but they are not the ones who can actually better our lives and transform our communities. That power lies in the people who are willing to go up against these groups and hit them where it hurts. Number two, through organizing, we can build deep solidarity. Without doing the difficult work of building solidarity, we cannot hope to abolish policing as we know it. We cannot pretend that people who are gendered as women by patriarchy will ever get free from the structurally assigned forms of paid and unpaid labor. And we cannot dream that capitalism will be defeated or that labor in life will ever be emancipated from the rule and desires of capital. Solidarity is fundamental due to defeating our bosses, defeating the banks, defeating the prison system. Solidarity is critical to any movement for liberation. And I don't mean some kind of fake class-alone unity. What better way is there to directly tackle prejudice, right? Racism and sexism, than telling a white Christian coworker that they can either do the hard work of dismantling their internalized whiteness, their internalized masculinity and heterosexism, their internalized Islamophobia and anti-Semitism, or they can keep getting their ass kicked by their boss, or perhaps their landlord, just like everybody else. What better way to build solidarity than through material struggles against common enemies? I really don't think there is one. Organized struggles are a thousand times more transformative than an educational workshop or a decade worth of sermons will ever be. Next, through organizing, this political action that demands our time and our energy far more than electoral politics, we can build and radicalize consciousness. Transformation of our world includes and necessitates transformation of the ways in which we understand ourselves, our communities, and the world in which we live. Radicalizing consciousness also means we can refine and change up our strategy. Through organized efforts, we can teach people that we need to spend less money and less energy on charity and electoralism and shallow reforms, and more money on grassroots struggles against cops and bosses and banks and landlords. More energy into having organizing conversations with people who have been thrown out and dispossessed by the system. 
We have to help people think differently about why the world is the way it is and how it can possibly be transformed. And I think organized struggles are the best means for radicalizing the consciousness of the people. And finally, organizing efforts, as opposed to voting every two or four years, can help build a base big enough and strong enough that can overthrow and revolutionize this world. We cannot reform or vote our way out of capitalism. We're not inevitably progressing our way out of a world that is fundamentally and structurally organized by anti-blackness and a gendered division of labor. We have to build not simply for a nicer government, greater taxation, or a public good here or there, but revolutionary change. This world has to be destroyed in order for another one to be rebuilt. And while the level of global solidarity needed in order to win such a world will be incredibly difficult, it is our burden to bear as persons committed to the people and work of God. Thank you.